Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Pastor, for thank you for giving me this opportunity again. Can everybody hear me? Yes. All right. Okay. Um, I just I just wanna um, I just wanna give God thanks, you know, for for this week, you know, and um, allowing us to celebrate 23 years of anniversary, 24 years of anniversary. She just reminded me. <laughs> okay. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I had the opportunity to, um, you know, we decided we're going to go to, to Rome this time, and I just wanted to do some sightseeing, you know, and just, you know, look at, you know, went to the Vatican and a bunch of different historic places, and it's just so interesting, the amount of vanity, you know, you know, that's why I see it. Um, you know, it's, um, it's just different. Um, you know, we had the opportunity to go through that and look at some of the, um, went into the, um, some of the the museums and stuff and look at statues and paintings and stuff. I mean, from a, when I look at even the, the structure of the building, I just, just marvel at how God is, you know, because even look at the Colosseum and I see how they were able to build those structure without the technology that we had now, mm-hmm. you know, and I just see how much wisdom God given to man, you know, to be able to create those stuff. And I was just, I was just marvel at, just the design and the architecture. Um, but then at the end of it, when I see how much people are worshipping those things and how much, how much, how high esteem they have them, I just, I said to them, I said, you know, this is just vanity, you know? And, um, but I give God thanks for the knowledge he gave to man, you know, to be able to build those things, you know? Uh, I'm sure that back in those days when those guys creating those things, they probably didn't even expect it to still be around. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they probably had some ulterior motive at the time. But then now, you know, you know, the history of it is there. You know, but um, I give God thanks for that. You know, so uh, with that said, I want us to turn to the beginning, <laughs> to the book of Genesis. Genesis. Um, and if you look at Genesis, let's turn up, take about it on Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to look at Genesis chapter 2 and also Genesis chapter 3. So Genesis chapter 2, verse 25. I just want to read Genesis chapter 2, verse 25. And um, I'm just going to read verse 24 just for context because I'm going to talk about that verse as well. He said, um, everybody find it? Okay. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and one not ashamed. So my main script verse that I'm looking at is verse 25. The next verse, um, if you then look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 7 to verse 13. Um, and the eyes of them both were open. So this is leading after Adam and Eve, um, you know, eat the, the fruit of good and evil. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed, sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron or clothing. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? 
And he said, I heard a voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree, whereof I commanded thee that thou should just not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou givest to me with, givest to be, givest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord said unto the woman, What is it that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Amen? Um, I just want to just add a topic to this um, message today is, Naked but not ashamed. <laughs> now, most times when people read Genesis, they say naked and ashamed. But I kind of put it a different way. And there's a reason why. At the end of my message, you'll understand why I say naked and not, but not ashamed. So when we, if we look, if we look at um, the when we when we look at the scripture and we talk about um, what it means to be ashamed, um, it, it's talk about someone become shameful. Someone who, if you look at say someone who was sexually abused, and most times you find sexually abused victim. They, they will go to the shower after they finish and they will try to wash as much as they can, you know, to get rid of whatever it is on them. Um, most times whenever someone is raped, um, one of the questions that most of the forensic experts normally ask is, have you take a shower? And the reason for that is because they want to preserve the evidence. But the, so while I was preparing this, I started to understand what is the psychological effect of when someone is being shameful, um, and and um, why would they um, go and wash themselves? Why would they go and try to get off as much? You know, because it doesn't matter how much you wash, it, it, it's still not gonna go, right? I don't know how many of you sometimes when you've done something wrong, and you you feel dirty, right? Okay. Now, why am I mentioning this in terms of shame? Now, in in the book of in, 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 um, in the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve went through a process, I call it like a butterfly effect, yes? So you know a butterfly will be a caterpillar than a butterfly, yes? In my, so when I was reading the scripture, I see the reverse between Adam and Eve. They, were, they went from a butterfly to a caterpillar. <laughs> if you understand my point, right? Because butterfly is beautiful. You want to hold a butterfly in your hand. When God created man and man in, um, in the Garden of Eden, they were like butterfly. But then a, a metaphor, they, they went to a, a metaphor, a metaphor this process, where they changed from being a butterfly to like a caterpillar, in a sense, right? right? Now, the question is, in, um, in, in, in the Bible, it's, it's stated that um, in Genesis that they were both naked, um, but they were not ashamed. Now, the question is, so, was, is it a sin to be naked? Is it a sin to be naked? Was it a sin to be naked? No, it wasn't a sin at the time to be naked. It wasn't a sin to be naked, right? But what happened is that after they eat the tree of knowledge, we were told that their eyes were open. And they, as a result of their eyes, they, 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 were, they both see themselves as naked. No. When you go back to verse chapter 2 and verse 25, it said that Adam and Eve, 
They were naked during that time, but they never see themselves as being ashamed of each other, right? So in chapter 2, verse 25, it said that they were both naked, but they were not ashamed. But then, as they, they progress, as we progress to, to chapter 3, after Adam and Eve was, um, was um, tempted when God gave them the instruction that you must not eat of this um, tree, because the day you eat of it, you will die. And they were tempted by the devil, and they did eat. And the Bible said that after they ate of the tree, their eyes were open, and they were both naked, and they become shameful. Now, I'm, uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go on a little bit further. So in Genesis chapter 3 and verse... In Genesis chapter, sorry, so let, before I, let me go to, I'm not I'm going a bit too far. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 25, they were in what we call a state of innocence and purity. They were in a state of innocence and purity in, in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 25. But then in verse, in chapter 3 verse 7 to verse 13, after God created Adam and Eve, at the end of chapter 2 of Genesis, Adam named Eve and proclaimed that she is now bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. They were both naked but not ashamed. Right? Now, what, it, what is shame? It, it, the pain, it's, it's the painful feeling arising from a consciousness of something dishonorable or, in a, or improper or ridiculous done by one another. So shame is a painful social emotion that can be seen as a result as resulting from a comparing one's self action with their self standard. Now what does that mean? You everybody every one of us have standard for ourselves. Or think of a child. A little child could run around naked and, and doesn't feel uncomfortable, right? But as you grow older what starts happening? You start covering up. As soon as you become, even before you're 18, you know, you, you find that you will never find a little child. They will start to come up. And if, if, they, if this, they, they see someone saw them, they become shameful. Correct? So they, that child begins to develop a self of, um, a self action or self of standard for themselves as they grow older. So they, they begin to see themselves differently. Yes? And in the beginning, before, in, before Adam and Eve sinned, they were in that conscious state where there was a certain standard that, that they had. They, it was a standard of, um, of innocence and purity. They, 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 they see themselves, um, well, their eyes work were, wasn't open spiritually, but the way they were in, when they see themselves before God is that there was no shame and God seeing them the way they were. Is that, is that, is that, everybody with me? So at the beginning, there was, so God was, because the Bible said that God, you know, the, the, the world, God was, it seems like God was keep on communicating with them when God showed up at that second time and realized that they were hidden. It, 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 that's an indication to me that perhaps before, you know, there was instances, because I was looking for the scripture where people, I think there was a scripture where say that, that God will come down in the cool of the day and communicate. I don't know if that was paraphrased by someone, but I couldn't find that. But from my, my understanding of reading further on in, the, in Genesis, when it said that 
Adam and Eve, when God came down to talk to Adam and Eve, they were hiding themselves. So that would that give me an indication that there were some instances where God was communicating with them, was, con, was um, spending time with them and communing with them all the time. But then there was this one day when God showed up and he couldn't find them, right? And if you go down to verse, um, if you go, go down to so shame, so the root word for shame are taught to derive from an older word called cover, right? As such, covering oneself, literally or figuratively. So, in Genesis chapter seven and verse, chapter three and verse seven, he said, "And the eyes of them both." This is after the sin. The eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they so fig leaf together, and made themselves apron. I call this a, sh- a sense of shame. So Adam and Eve went from being a state of innocence. Now to a sense of shame after the sin. So when, when they become a sense of shame is, is because where their self-standard that they had for themselves, for some reason that changes. And they begin to see, okay, I, I don't think I'm supposed to be looking this way. Something feels funny about myself. Imagine us as Christians, when you sin, how do you feel? When you do something wrong, how do you feel? You feel ashamed. You feel improper. You feel, you know, as if you're not worthy, right? Okay, let me try a different way. There are some wives that they do not want their husband to see them naked because they feel improper or they feel as if they're not good enough, you know, to be seen naked with their husband. Whereas some other wives, they have, they're confident in themselves and they know that, okay, I am fine. You know, so it's not a problem. So you, you find sometimes our mind, we go through a state of consciousness in our mind where we begin to, where we see that, okay, this is not the standard that I should be. Something is wrong. And this is where Adam and Eve reach in their life where they feel a sense of shame after what they have just done. And the Bible says that they went and they, soof, they get fig leaves and begin to cover themselves. Now, before, they were able to walk around with each other without any problem, but now they are in a state where they need to hide. Now, so they were in a, in a sense, um, they, were, they are covering themselves. And they, the Bible said, and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the, in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the tree of the garden. Now, when I was reading that second verse, I, I, I started to think. The Bible said that before, they covered themselves with fig leaves. But then why then they still need to hide from God? If, if at first they noticed that they were naked, right? They went and they covered themselves with fig leaves. That means they're not naked anymore, figuratively, right? So why, why then you still need to hide if you just cover yourself? How many of us feel that way sometimes? Even though we pray and ask God for forgiveness, we still feel like if it's not enough, right? So when I was reading that, I, I, I tried to understand. So after, after sinning, Adam and Eve so fig leaves and made clothing for themselves. However, when God came, come into the garden and called, Adam respond by claiming that he was afraid because he was naked. And 
<laughs> Why were they both still naked even after they clothed them with the fig leaves? Before sin, when they were both in a state of innocence, it seems that they felt no need for clothing. Um, think of, and I mentioned, think of a young child who experienced no shame of being unclothed. But there you, you find Adam and Eve becoming a state um, where they're showing a sense of shame, where they feel that they need to hide from God because of something that they have done. They, they reach to a point in their life where, okay, I need to cover myself because God is going to see me. This is what happens when we sin. We expose ourselves. God sees who we are. God sees our nakedness. He, he, he sees our darkness. But then Adam realized that, you know, before when, when I was coming in with God, I didn't have to do this. It's a, it felt different. But now something feels weird going on. And I need to cover myself with fig leaf. But that wasn't enough because God could see through that. And it doesn't matter how many clothes we put on. It doesn't matter how, if, if, we, if we build a house with, with, with how, how much with steel wall and hide ourselves, God can still see through that. Because the Bible says that God, he sees on the inside of us. He can, he, men look at us, our outward appearance, but he sees on the inward appearance. So God knows exactly our intent. He knows our heart. He knows when we sin. So, the next phase, if you go further down in the scripture, Adam, so they went from a sense of shame to a state of shame. And the state of shame is, um, so basically is, is um, so a sense of shame for us was a feeling known as guilt, right? A feeling known as guilt. But in a state of shame is a sign internally from being a victim of, envir of environment where the sense of self is stigmatized, like being designated by caregivers or, or being rejected by your parents or by your, your sibling, where you feel like um, you're, not, you're, not, you're not yourself anymore, or you're not good enough, you know? You feel like, um, you know, you, you feel rejected. So they went to a state where they feel rejected and they feel like, I am not good enough to be in the presence of God anymore. What is the difference between, so then we talk about now being shameful and, and, and guilt. So what is the difference between shame and guilt? What is the difference between shame? Is it the same thing? So shame is a violation of a culture or your social value. But where, sorry, is a violation of your culture, whereas your social value, while guilt feelings arrive from your violation of your internal value. So shame is your violation of your social value, the way, you know, other people interact with you. But then when you become guilty, it's become internal. It becomes personal. It becomes, it's not, you're not just looking at your outward appearance now. You're looking at the way you see yourself. Does that make sense? You look at, you're not worried now about how other people see you, but about how you see yourself. That's when you become a state of guilt. And that's where, that's where Adam and Eve reach to the point where they begin to worry about how God sees them. And many times, we get to the point in our life when we mess up. So guilt is a cognitive, is a cognitive or emotional experience 
that occur when a person believes or realizes uh, accurately or not that they have compromised their own standard. And that's what happened to Adam and Eve where they, they compromised their own standard. So in, in, um, as a result of, of their action, it, um, so as a result of their action, there were some consequences. And these are the action as a result of shame. So we have a sense of shame, a state of shame, and actions as a result of shame. And what are the actions as a result of shame? In chapter 3, verse 9 to 11, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And even though, even though God knows where Adam was, and he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told thee that thou was naked? I mean, God has a sense of humor. He already know the answer, but he still, he just want, you know, Adam, I want you to tell me who tell you. He, God is still trying to maintain that relationship with Adam. You know, because the Bible said they were communing together. And if this doesn't seem like a one-way conversation now, this is a two-way conversation where God, who tell you that you were naked, Adam? Um, what, what's going on? I mean, are you, do you know something I don't know, Adam? And, <laughs> and um, he said, Has thou eaten of the tree whereof I command thee that thou shouldest not eat? You know? So God knew exactly what Adam done. And he began to um, interrogate and asking Adam's questions, you know. But still, he have not answered. He have not, um, he haven't tell God where he was. Um, he didn't come clean by saying that he eat of the fruit, right? He didn't come clean at the time. Instead, because of his action, because of what he'd done, he hid himself. Sin and guilt and shame cause us sometimes to hide ourselves from God. Not only hide ourselves from God, sometimes think of our everyday life. That sometimes when we mess up, when we do something that is wrong, that is shameful, we do not want no one to see us. Because why? It exposes us. It exposes um, who we are inside. And that's what sin does to us. When we sin, when we commit um, sin, we are exposing who we are. We are exposing our dark thoughts, our darkness before the wall and before God. And God does not like sin. And as a result, that's why we feel the shame and the guilt. That's why that happened. So, now, I want to go a little bit further down as to another action, another, another action that, that, that shame tends to cause. Shame because it exposes us sometimes. Sometimes we blame others. Shame sometimes causes us to put the blame, oh, uh, you made me do it. Uh, shame sometimes causes uh, uh, cause us to shift the blame to something else or someone else when we, when we get caught. So in, in chapter, in verse 12, we said, And the man said, this is after God asked Adam um, if he eat of the tree. Adam said, and the, uh, the man said, The woman whom thou givest to me, givest to be with me, she gave me the tree, and I did eat. Now, Adam forget in chapter 2 when he said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. You notice how quick Adam just shift the blame on Eve? 
right? How many of us do that sometimes when we messed up, right? So he, he, in chapter 2, he was saying he was so happy that God gave him a woman. That this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh and I'm going to call her woman because she came from me. Now, this is what Adam's saying. God gave to me to be with. Right? That's the part, you know, because of the, the woman that you give me to be, she gave it to me to eat. Come on, Adam. God is asking you, did you eat? Yes or no? Yes, I did eat. But that's not what Adam did. Adam began to shift his shame towards Eve. And then Eve, on the other hand, started to shift her shame towards the serpent. So none of them is owning up to, is acknowledging their wrong. In order for God to forgive us, we have to first acknowledge our sins. We have to first acknowledge that we've done something wrong. And this is what was happening in, in the Garden of Eden, where, where these two individuals know what they've done. They, they feel so guilty and so shameful of what they've done that it caused, because their sin now become uncovered, they become to shift the blame under, to someone else or to something else. So, but they, they didn't realize that that, um, that God can make provision for that, right? They didn't realize that. In, in, um, in, in Genesis, further down in, in, in the scripture, the Bible said that, um, that the Lord God, he, he take an animal and he, he take the clothes, the skin from the animal and create and make clothing for them. Now, why, why, why didn't God just leave the, the, the fig leaves on them? Why? Wasn't that enough? Wasn't that enough? But no, that was not enough because there was a consequences for sin. And something must die in order for your guilt to be paid. And that was the first sin sacrifice that was done where God had to slay an animal as a result of the sin of, the sin of man. And, and the Bible said where that, that imagine you had to, he, he, God had to, to remove the skin, the covering from that animal to cover man's sin. So that God, so that man can have right to be with God, to commune with God again. Because he couldn't stand what he was seeing within, what was that? He couldn't stand the sin. So God had to, to come up with a process. Or he had to come up with a way. Or he had to create a provision. So he could make man um, come back to him again. And the Bible said that he made coats of skins and clothed them. So the, the provision that man made for themselves to cover na- their nakedness was not sufficient enough for them to be in communion with God again. So, God, so an animal must be slain. So that's one of God's, pro- that's what's God's provision um, for the, the fall of man. So while the sacrifice of, of the innocent covered over the shame of sin. It was not enough. It was not, it was not enough because the guilt was still there. And there need to be a greater sacrifice to cover the sin for man. As a result of that, that's where Jesus came. All right? So this is when I mention about um, naked but not ashamed. This is where I'm, I, I'm starting to get into understand for you to understand that even though we sin, even though you know we 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 our nakedness is exposed before God, right? And it, it, what we need to understand is that 
there is an atonement for our sin. There's an atonement for our guilt, which is the righteous one, which is Jesus Christ. He is, he came into this world so we can be covered with his righteousness. Amen. Amen. In, in Romans chapter 4 verse 7, he said, Blessed are they whose iniquity are forgiven and whose sin are covered. But in order for your sin to cover, you need to acknowledge that you are naked. You need to acknowledge that you have sinned. Um, you can't be like Adam and Eve and sing and put and shift the blame to somebody else. It's not your parents who make you sin. It's not your brother or your sister that make you sin. And it's not pastor that make you sin. You make yourself sin because every one of us have a choice. It's not, it's not the, the, the person that you meet on the street that you decide to swear to because they give you a bad drive that make you sin. You make the decision. But we have to reach to a point where we acknowledge that, where we, become, where we begin to feel um, a sense of shame, where we have to be, feel that we are in a state of shame where guilt exists and, and that there is action as a result of our shame. But then God has his provision when we become shameful, when we become naked. In Genesis chapter, chapter 3, verse 23 to verse 26, it said, But before faith came, we were kept, sorry, in Galatians 3, verse 23 to 26, But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up under the, under the, under the faith which showed, sorry, I just can't see too well, <laughs> which, show, which should afterward be re- revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we, no long, we are no longer under schoolmaster, for, for ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of us as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So you understand what's happening here. It's that we've been given a new clothing, a new robe. We know it's no longer the, the, the coat of an animal or the fig leaf, but the blood of Jesus Christ that washed us from our sin, that cleansed us, and his righteousness that clothed us. So we, are now, we have now put on Christ. Uh, so there, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Jesus Christ. That's what we are. Now, in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 1 to 3, he said, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and a house not made with hand, earth eternal in heaven. For in this we groan, Honestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. So if so that we've been clothed, we shall be not be found naked. Because we accepted Jesus Christ, because we acknowledge him as our Lord and our Savior, we are not no longer found naked. So even though sometimes you feel naked, you, you don't have any reason to feel ashamed. You don't have any reason to not to go to Christ when you sin. Because he has made all the required provision for us. In First John 2 and verse 2, he said that he is the, the propitiation for our sin. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Back in John 3, 16 and 17, he said, For God so loved this world 
that he gave his only begotten son. You know, one of the things I, 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 I admire about God is that at the beginning in Genesis when, when man sinned, he could have just ended it. Because only two people exist. You know, he, he would have less things to less problems to deal with. But he see beyond what man see. And he decided, you know what, I'm gonna give man a chance. And he began to put things in motion to make preparation to help um for for um to redeem us from what we have done in in, in um in in the beginning. We are being clothed with his righteousness. He said, he said, I, in John, in Job 29 and verse 14, Job said, I put on righteousness and it, and it clothed me. My judgment was a robe and a diadem. In Revelation 19 and verse 8, it said, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For that fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. That's how we are covered. That's how God redeem us. Because of his righteousness. In Isaiah 11 and verse 5, he said, And righteousness shall be the God law of his loins. You know, and faithfulness the God law of his reign. In Isaiah 61 verse 11 verse 10, he said, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in God. For he had clothed me in the garment of salvation. He had covered me with the robe of righteousness. And as a bride, bridegroom decketh himself with ornament, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewelry. That is what Christ has done. That's what Jesus has done for us. That, so we do not have, we no longer have a need to feel guilty, to feel ashamed, to feel as if no one cares, to feel like that God has abandoned us because He has not. He has already made provision for our sin, for your sin, and for my sin. And we, we, we don't have any reason to make, to allow the devil to cast us to feel like if we are worthless. Because you are not worthless. We are, we are children of God. We are royal priesthood. We are a peculiar people. Because of Jesus Christ who came into this world to die for you and for me. So, this is what I want us to do. This is what I'm challenging us to do today. Is that, when we leave this place... When, when we get, get out of this wall and we meet people along the road, when we meet our friends, whoever it is, our neighbors, you know, maybe you come in contact with someone who, who feel that if their sin is so great that God can't forgive them. Let's remind them that for God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth shall not perish but have everlasting life. Let's remind them that your sin isn't too big or too small for God to forgive. Your sin, so you, whether you, are, you, you kill someone, whether you steal someone, it does not matter in the eyes of God. God does not look at a big sin and a small sin. He just look at sin. And he forgave all sin. And that's what we had to remind ourselves daily. And when we do that, when we begin to, to, to remind ourselves of that, our walk with God will become easy. Our, our communion with God will become easy. We will not be ashamed anymore to even declare the gospel, to, to tell people about Jesus Christ. But then if you begin to hide yourself from him, he will hide himself from you. But that's not what his plan is for us. His plan is for us to have eternal life. And I want to encourage us to the brothers and sisters that even though you may feel naked, you are not ashamed. Because his blood, his blood has washed us. 
His, he has come into this world to clean, clean our sins and to remove our shame. So we are no longer shameful. So we are no longer, sh- um, so we are no longer naked. He is here to restore our innocence and our purity. He's here to take us back to the very fourth stage in, in Genesis chapter 2 verse 20, 25. Where we will feel, even though we were naked, even though we are both naked, we will not be ashamed when God commune with us. And I just hope that this morning that, that these words that I've, I've ministered to you, that it will encourage you for the, um, during this week. I just want to read this, leave this last scripture with you. He said, Isaiah 64 and verse, it says, said, but we are all as an unclean thing and are all our righteousness as a filthy rug, right? I just need you to understand this. And we, are, we all do fade as a leaf and our, iniquity, and, our in, and our iniquities like the wind have taken away. But, but, but Psalms 127 and verse 9 says, Lest the priest be clothed in righteousness and let the saints be showed, showed and let the saints shout for joy. In, in, in Zechariah 3 and verse 4, and he answered and spake on these words before him, saying, Take away the filthy garment from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. And that's what Christ came into this world to do for us. He came and he clothed us with a different raiment. And I pray and hope this morning that this word has uh, ministered to you. Thank you so much for listening. Amen. Amen.